Hello and welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. I'm your host, journalist Holly Rubenstein, and today we are embarking on a sun-soaked journey. A journey to the Sunshine State, where miles of pristine sandy beaches are caressed by the warm embrace of the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean. Picture palm trees swaying in rhythm with the ocean breeze, whispering tales of a land where summer never says goodbye. Welcome to our fantastic Florida destination special. Longtime listeners of the podcast will know that Florida is a state that has a really special place in my heart. My dad's side of the family live in South Florida and throughout my childhood we'd spend every school holiday visiting my grandma in Miami and those trips left an imprint on my soul. I've spoken at length about my love of Miami on the podcast before. Do tune in to my 100th episode where I share my own travel diaries if you'd like to hear a bit more about my passion for Miami and why I think South Florida is so special. But what I'm really excited about with today's episode is showcasing what the whole of the state of Florida has to offer. Beyond the really well-known spots like Miami and Orlando, I have learned so much. Florida's diverse outdoors are a true showstopper, luring travelers from every corner of the world incredible beaches, lush forests, a wildlife scene that is straight out of a fairy tale. I mean, where else can you spot dolphins while you're dining or swim with gentle manatees, hike over 15,000 miles of trails and zip through swamps on an airboat tour? It's a playground for nature lovers and we are about to spill all the secrets. And of course, Florida isn't just palm trees and sandy shores, although if you're a beach bum like me, there are 800 and 25 miles of sugar white beaches to explore. It's also a treasure trove of state parks. You know, we're talking 174 of them. There are so many to explore, over 800,000 acres. So if you're into hiking, wilderness escapes, equestrian trails, you name it, Florida's got it. And then, of course, there's the food. Florida has become a foodie's paradise. And my guest today knows a bit about that. Jimmy Doherty is a TV presenter and one of the UK's best-known farmers. His journey started over 20 years ago when he took on a leasehold of a 100-acre farm just outside of Ipswich, which was followed in a BBC series called Jimmy's Farm. The farm now has an award-winning restaurant, a nature trail, a butterfly house, and holds numerous science and food festivals throughout the year. You'll have seen him on loads of shows like Escape to the Wild, Food Unwrapped, where he travels all around the world looking at the science of food production, as well as, of course, co-hosting Jamie and Jimmy's Friday Night Feast with his friend Jamie Oliver, which has been going for years now. Jimmy recently returned from a three-week shoot traveling all over Florida for his new ITV show, Jimmy's Taste of Florida. And I can't wait for you to hear his Floridian travel diaries. And then we'll be joined by Florida resident and Florida travel expert, Simon Vaness. He is a guy who knows everything about Florida. It is insane. He'll be sharing all his hidden gems, his travel tips and recommendations for your next trip. Okay, let's buckle up and get started. Here's Jimmy. Jimmy, welcome to the Travel Diaries and to this fantastic Florida destination special. It is so lovely to see you today. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good indeed. You've recently returned from a rather enviable extended stretch in the Sunshine State, filming, of course, Jimmy's Taste of Florida for ITV. And your itinerary, I was just reading it through. I mean, it really took you to every corner of the state. Yeah, it did. It was um, a fantastic trip because we started right up at the top in Pensacola and at Panama City Beach and worked all the way down, eventually finishing in, in Miami. So it was quite a trip. And, and I've got to say, a massive eye-opener. Uh, and and Florida is one of those amazing destinations that if you've been there or not, you think you know it somehow. And I mean, I've, I've, I've traveled all over the world. I've been lucky enough in, in both in sort of holidays, but also as work all over different sort of continents, but particularly the US and traveled quite widely all the way up to, to South Dakota, uh, Mississippi, all those sort of places, mm-hmm. but never Florida. But I've always thought I've, I've known Florida. Growing up, I used to watch 
Gentle Ben and Flipper and Miami Vice. Yeah. And, and you talk to friends about the holidays and they've been to destinations and been to the amazing theme parks. But actually, there's so much more to Florida than the theme parks. And don't get me wrong, they are amazing. And my kids love them. Mm. But there's there's a whole lot of amazing food going on in Florida. Yeah. Well, the name of the show gives it away, Jimmy's Taste of Florida. But I mean, tell me a bit about what you were really hoping to shine a light on with this show. Well, I think sort of peeling back some of the layers that uh, as Brits going on holiday there, we'll, we'll see and very familiar with. Peeling back those layers and really having a look at... Uh, what's happening in Florida in terms of food and and some of the stuff that you would see when you're going to places like Universal Studios, you go to um, you know see the Minions or the rest of it, you don't realise the work that goes into the Minions Cafe or the Harry Potter mm. pub and all these things. I got to meet this amazing chef who comes up with these incredible menus. But starting right up at the north, um, going to Pensacola, I went to a fantastic uh, uh pub restaurant is a, a great guy chef blade and he'd, he'd done his stint through europe and worked in lots of pubs gastro pubs in the uk and brought that sort of idea back to florida and really engaged himself with the amazing food and produce of florida and he runs a, a great place called the indian public house and um it's incredible food but the thing that really struck me um was something um they eat as a snack boiled peanuts now peanuts, mm. I have in a in a in a bowl with a pint of beer, but boiled peanuts in this amazing sort of liquor, um, or spicy sort of Cajun mix, and they boil them till they're soft, and you you suck them out the shell, and they're really unctuous and juicy and lovely. But he makes the most amazing sauces with them, so I really loved that. That was a big surprise, you know, eating boiled peanuts. And you created your own recipes, didn't you? Inspired by the ingredients of Florida, it's like. Did you use the peanuts? Like, tell me a bit about the yeah, dishes that yeah, encapsulates. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. And um, the thing is, as well, it's like, well, let's take some of the ingredients of, of Florida and what can we do at home and we're very familiar with. And so I make a, I make flatbreads and some the hummus out of the peanuts. Yeah. And everyone uses chickpeas. But in fact, you can make hummus out of any, anything. And it's a really good thing to get kids into as well. Because basically all you need is a blender and some oil and some garlic. And, and away you go. Sounds absolutely delicious. And I can't think of a better guest today, Jimmy, to be taking us on a journey through your Floridian travel diaries, because of course, you've just immersed yourself so much in the state. We kick off with chapter one, and that is the first place that you fell in love with in Florida. Where would that be? I think in terms of that part of Florida, there's something really sort of grounding about the Americans and the Floridians when it comes to food. And we went to this incredible oyster barn grill, the, um, the Cajun Place, I think it was called. And I, I met this guy called Honor Allen. And I've, I've seen oyster places before. And when you go to eat oysters in the UK, you always think you have a glass of fizz and they're on ice and it's all, all quite reserved and they're, they're quite expensive. Yeah. So I was expecting the same sort of gig, really. And I walked in and there's this amazing sports bar, typical Americana, you know, and there's yeah. all these guys and girls in there and they're watching sports and there's all military flags up with different local regiments and, and local sports teams and all the guys are just at the bar with a nice cold beer but also incredible plates of oysters and oh, I just thought to myself amazing. that's how food should be celebrated you know it, it's absolutely it's it's really for every man you know the idea that there was fishermen there just finished work on the way home saying to their friends should we just stop in and have half a dozen oysters and a cold beer and, and one thing that um on alan was he happens to be one of the fastest oyster chuckers in the world and so i had to have a shuck off with him and he basically wiped the floor with me i mean i i, <laughs> <laughs> I turned mine into mints basically it, it, but it was great to see but that's one thing i really fell in love with immediately because it's just a connection the honest connection with food that sounds wonderful. I mean, it really brings to life the incredible produce mm. that Florida has. And of course, that's something you're so passionite about. Yeah, completely. Um, and and the, I'm slightly envious of Florida because it's just beautiful sunshine. Beautiful sunshine and a wonderful climate. And what that allows them to do is pretty much grow anything they want from potatoes to bananas. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's that, um, those, those wonderful special moments and you think, God, you're so lucky. You, know, you look outside at the moment, it's cold and drizzly and I'm looking at the veg garden and I'm thinking, God, when can I put the tomatoes out? At this rate, probably end of May, June, if I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah. um, but there, it's just like you just have to touch the soil and something grows. And a lot of their restaurants really reflect that, you know, and it's the seasonality. Um, and of course, they're blessed by wonderful beaches and the coastline. 
Um, and, and, and I think the way that they celebrate food is that it's very much part of a social element. We went to New Smyrna Beach, uh, and there's this fantastic little uh, place called Third Wave. Mm-hmm. It's all about brunch. Uh, and uh, you, you go there, and it's a place where people arrive. They order four or five dishes, um, and they sit around, and they chat about what's happening, on a, you know, what they're going to do for the rest of the week next week, relax on a Sunday, they're going to walk on the beach, take a good two or three hours just to chat to friends while different dishes are coming and going. And, you know, celebration of the coastline, amazing uh, shrimp and lobster and shellfish, but also grits, which I think as a Brit, you hear a lot about uh, when you're watching TV, mm. you know, they you talk about sort of their big sort of um, celebratory dinners is always going to have grits. But grits is is, uh, is a wonderful thing. I suppose, that, how can you explain it? It's, yeah, you're a fan. You well, like I, it? Do, I do in the fact that they really make something special out of it. So. It's a it's a basically a porridge made of ground maize, um, and you build it up, and you're adding the flavours all the time. Um, so you can put double cream in, or what, whatever you want, Parmesan cheese to finish it. Um, and it is it's so filling. But you can understand why the Americans love it so much because every spoonful is almost like a hug. <laughs> it's one of those. It's like the polenta to the Italians. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. And 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 I think you know seeing that in that setting with. Mixed generations just hanging out, enjoying themselves, chatting, having something that's very, very familiar grits, but then also new celebrations and twists on on different foods coming in. But I really loved that sense, and 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 the, and the actual the third wave, the, the the restaurant itself, it's 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 sort of semi open. The kitchen is in its own little hub, and then the bar is in its own little sort of area, and it's corrugated iron and plants all growing around it. So there's dappled light it's um it's a lovely place and where in florida is it so that is in new Smyrna beach where all the cool surfers hang out and i had a go at surfing and i've got to be frank and honest here is that in the edit i come out looking not bad but in fact i look like a labrador in a wetsuit having a having a funny turn <laughs> i look forward to tuning into that episode uh chapter two then jimmy is um all about your all-time favorites and I'd love to break it down to your all-time favorite destination from this trip in Florida, of course. A favorite hotel, if you have one, and a favorite restaurant. The thing, the hotels are, it's so easy to stay in Florida. The hotels galore, and there's everything that you need. And I went with my family, so the the two big hotels that really stuck out for me, in Tampa itself, was the current. And that was brilliant because we had... Brilliant interconnecting rooms, and I've got four kids. Four, wow. And it was really central. And so, um, and that is, if anyone's traveling with a family, that is, it, everything's really kid friendly. So that was really good. And then when we went off down to um, Anna Marie Island, we stayed at the Waterline Marina Resort. And that was really good because, uh, again, a great big um, uh, room, two rooms, one for the kids all to stay in, one for me and my wife, a central living room and self-catering as well. So we could do a bit of both. But the great thing about that hotel was it it was right on the marina. So you could do your um, glass bottom boat rides straight from there. So it was wonderful. And also, if you're staying in Anna Maria Island, is that – You've got to get a golf buggy, and it's a it, Anna Marie Island is amazing, but I've never been to a place where you've got you know people coming and going in trucks. There's a really good speed limit there. Loads of restaurants going, and you're driving around with a golf buggy with all the kids on it, and the freedom of it. It was like oh, this is the best thing in the world. You just pull up, beep, stop. And I bet the kids loved. Kids that too, loved right? it. Um, you just pull up any little restaurant, any little bar, hop out, run down the beach, all that kind of stuff was great it's great to hear about so this is Tampa and Anna Marie Island so um the UK population largely fly into either Miami or Orlando I would imagine yeah but there are direct flights also to Tampa and that sounds like an absolute perfect family holiday I mean there are so many family friendly spots all the way up and down the state yeah I think I think Tampa's a uh, it's interesting my wife and I were talking about Tampa and said actually we could live here you know it's beautifully clean um you've got a sense of heritage and then you've got super modern really sort of lovely blend to it and uh you know you jump on uh the the pirate uh uh, river taxis and you 
you, you, you go on this amazing little journey and you've got these wonderful sort of um, people telling you about the history of it all. Uh, there's a fantastic place called the Heights Public Market where you can, you, you can get a taxi from there. But in that place is like everything from pizza and amazing shellfish, sushi, a really cool bar. There's restaurants upstairs. There's a little water park outside. So that's a really lovely open area. And then you can just walk down the Riverside Walk um, fantastic access all the way down so you can wander down from area to area in the city and and I'm a massive geek for um, aquariums and my first date I ever took my wife when we first met I took her to London Aquarium and I'm Aww. obsessed with uh, Brighton Aquarium and I, lo- I always find them fascinating places but Florida Aquarium is incredible um, and it's well worth a visit they've got some a fantastic area outside um, with penguins and stuff like that but the fish and, and so the kids just had a, a, an amazing day there. And then you've got a little, out, a little walkway and almost, almost like a little biome with all the Everglades species that you would see in Florida. It's beautifully designed. Mm. Um, so I, I think Tampa's got something for everyone. And, of course, it's got the oldest restaurant in Florida and the largest Spanish restaurant, which is the Columbia. So if you're oh, going, yeah, if you're going, if you if you go into that part of uh, of Florida, you've got to go to this restaurant. It's vast, but it doesn't feel vast because they've got different little areas you sit in. It's beautifully set out, um, and they have live flamenco, which the kids absolutely love. Yeah, that sounds so much fun, and it's the flamenco because of you know Florida's Hispanic influence. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, because yeah. the, the Spanish were one of the first to colonize Florida, all the way up in Pensacola. Uh, and of course, you've got the um, the Spanish element coming from Cuba as well. Yeah, exactly, and and it's a huge Latin American population in general. Yeah, which of course then impacts on the food scene too. And I mean, down in the south, you know, you've got little Havana, little Haiti, all these different pockets. It, it feels like you're really getting a taste, a true taste of these cultures yeah isn't that funny that because little Havana blew me away slightly uh, because you you just like you said you, you just transport into a different world mm. and then talking to a couple of people there the, um, a couple of the Cubans and they go well do you know what is interesting about little Havana it's almost like a time capsule this is what Cuba was like before the revolution um, and some were saying actually the, uh, the, the the food here is better than Cuba because they've they've got access to you know, more more produce more and, produce, and yeah. all, all the rest of it, and it, it's really interesting. But the the whole history of it is that Cuba and that part of Miami are really connected, and people flowed backwards and forwards. They're almost seen as one little land mass, land mass divided just by the, the water itself. And I thought that was so interesting. And the little mm. little bakeries there, and the the ball and chain uh, restaurant. Um, yes. and, and the live music going on and, and then you turn a corner and something else hits you and then you know there's there's constantly something going on and what I do like is that um, I like all the little the, the groups of tours going around because you'll get one bit in Spanish another bit in English and people are moving around and you sort of yeah. can piggyback on one and then you stop <laughs> off and then you know there's all these lovely old folks playing dominoes yeah um, no it's great you, you do and, and you are sort of chivered along with the natural rhythm of that place as well the music you can hear playing from every restaurant yeah. and cafe as well yeah it's, it's a really uh, it's a must do if you're in in south florida or miami i would say yeah and of course then you know i'm not even talking about all the amazing uh, uh parks and theme parks you can go to so we went to bush gardens and mm. and you know i thought i used to love all the rides and stuff my daughters love the rides and i i yeah, that's terrifying <laughs> for me. Um, but they've got some incredible rides. But of course, I'm I own a wildlife park and uh, and and keep various different animals from crocs and, uh, to camels. So look at the animals at Bush Garden; were fascinating to me. And the space that they have, you go on this fantastic safari on a truck, and and the giraffe come over and they they come and inspect you, and you really feel that you're in their environment, which I think is very special in this day and age. So there's there's loads of loads going on. I think that Tampa was wonderful. And then, you know, for for one area to have that element of city break theme parks and then almost feel like you've just been catapulted into your own private desert island with Anna Marie Island is just, you know, great. And some of the restaurants fantastic. It's a, a, a wonderful Ed Chills 
and he he owns a number of restaurants. He has his own farm. He's passionate about regenerative um, agriculture and regenerative aquaculture. And he, one of the favorite restaurants I went to there was Sandbar. And that's one of the mm-hmm. places where you go in and you can you can put your feet in the sand. Oh, lovely. You know, it's all fairly open. And uh, they're serving some of the best clam dishes. And the story behind the clam dishes is that the clams are really important. Filtering the water, the more clam farmers they have, the cleaner the water, the more seagrass grows, the more manatees will be able to come and feed there. So you're eating this amazing food, understanding the story, um, and knowing that you're doing something good by eating these delicious clams. Uh, and, yeah. and I think when we, when we visit Europe, we always talk about the terroir and eating the landscape. There, it's, it's absolutely true. You know, it's, it's fantastic. And the sunsets, mm. I mean, it's like a, it was like being in a film because like, all my kids had this amazing food, walked down on the beach, sun going down, pelicans, and then dolphins just breaking the water. And, then sw- oh and, it's, and it's almost like, hang on a minute. Is this a Disney film? It was was incredible. True paradise. Yeah, it was, you know. Wonderful. Well, chapter three is your hidden gem. I mean, what's great about the show is that it shines a light on so many regions of the state that maybe would be considered hidden gems to British tourists in particular. But which which stood out to you, would you say, as a place that we should all have on our radar? Hidden gems. I mean, I've, I've, I've covered quite a lot of them. And I think that going to museums and things like this, which often people think, oh, you know, who wants this museum? You learn so much about the history of a place if you go to a museum. Mm, or, mm. Uh, and uh, I went to a fantastic uh, museum called The Bishop, which is the Science and Nature Museum in, in Bradenton. And you walk in and there's everything from the you know the the prehistoric life um the first nations that lived there colonization um a bit about the wildlife you know floor and floor you really get a snapshot of the area mm. and then you turn a corner and there's this huge great big aquarium and there's two manatees in there that they're they're rescued from uh they've been uh, struck by boats when they were young they're being rehabilitated and they're going to put them back to nature and so if you don't get to see a manatee in the wild, you go there and you see these amazing creatures yeah. gliding through the water, chomping on lettuce. And, and then you'll know that in a couple of years' time, they're going to be released back into the wild. And it's a really lovely dichotomy for, for a museum to have that. And then outside of the bishop, you go out, we go around the block, and there's a fantastic farmer's market. Um, so I really liked that part of Bradenton. I thought the, the bishop was fantastic. Where would you uh, fly into or where, where would where would be your hub? Well, if you in, you to... could, in Tam- Tampa and you could drive, it's an hour and 10 minutes. And you're, okay. you're in, in Bradenton into Anna Maria Island. So you could do a good day trip there. Yeah, you could. But it's well worth staying over. Yeah. But the other place I, I really loved in Polk County um, was a place called Peebles, Peebles uh, Barbecue and Smokehouse. And it was off sort of the beaten track. It's one of those places you go as you're, as you're traveling from one place to another. And there's a few houses knocking around this main sort of road, nothing else really major. And then this sort of, how can I explain it without, this sort of shack that is super authentic because it's been there for 70 odd years. And there's smoke billowing out the windows. You think, God, the whole place is on fire. But when you go in, it's rammed with loads of locals as well as people that have traveled back to see it or they've grown up there and they always make a journey back and there's a guy just loading up these great big ovens with logs and he lifts up the big metal panels and there's, there's pork mm-hmm. butts and there's ribs oh. um and it's just incredible and everyone from the local cops are turning up for their lunch the kids mm-hmm. that have just played you know baseball turning up um and that was really authentic for me and i i loved it you know i, I come out smelling like a bonfire and about three stone heavier but it, it was, um, it was, yeah. It's one of those places. If you so, Peebles is a must. And actually, talking to people sitting down is that it becomes an institution. You know, go. You, you haven't heard of Peebles before? I was like, no, it's my first. You know, you've got to try the coleslaw. You've got to try this barbecue sauce. So you can't have that. You've got to. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and it's one of those things that. People butt in and want to, they're so excited about the place, they really want to tell you about it. Oh, it sounds incredible. And where is that? That's in Polk County. Um, Polk County. Yeah. I'll put all of these recommendations from Jimmy in the episode show notes. So don't worry, listeners, there'll be a good comprehensive list of all these great recommendations. And one thing that really blew me away, I think, is, and, and I definitely it's on, on my bucket list to go and see a return to, um, was the fact that cowboys originate in Florida. No way. Yeah. And I did not know that. Well, I thought 
you know, growing up watching westerns in Clint Eastwood, it was it was like the Texas Rangers, or you know, it's uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. But but no, it's not the case. It's um, Florida's got a very rich history uh, in terms of uh, you know the, the the cattle that were uh, left in the open ranges, and and the people t- you know, turned up, the cowboys turned up, and would uh, could round them up and make a living. But I went to um, an amazing place called Westgate River Ranch. And I'm a big fan of Yellowstone, the series on TV. Mm-hmm. Always fancy myself as a bit of a cowboy. And I, <laughs> I went to this amazing place. And it's, it's basically, it's, it's sort of, a, it's a working ranch, but it's a, it's a leisure facility as well. So you can go there, you can camp. Yeah. You can go boating. Uh, you can um, use the targets, do target practice. Um, you can go on these amazing different things. But they have a rodeo every weekend. So you go and watch the rodeo, uh, and then so they've fun. got they've got a saloon. So you after the rodeo, you're all hyped up, and it's like yeah, amazing, and you've seen these incredible um, uh, skills of horsemanship. And then you, you walk back with your, your cowboy boots and your cowboy hat on, and you walk into a bar, into a saloon, push the doors open, and a, a live band is playing chicken fried, <laughs> and then you're served a cold beer, and it's like oh my god. I'm a, for one night only, I'm a cowboy, um, <laughs> uh, which is great. And the next day I got to get on horse on the horse with Ray and we rounded up the cattle and he was telling me about the, 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 the cattle that he has, the longhorn cattle and, and then the history of the cowboy. Um, so that was, that was a lovely moment. That's what one of those moments cool that experience. if I could have told myself, my 12-year-old self, that one day you'll be hanging out with Ray. Yeah, epic. Love that. <laughs> well, we are on to the final chapter of your Floridian travel diaries, and that is the destination at the top of your bucket list when you next return to Florida. Chapter four, where would you like to head to when you head back there next? I mean, it's so hard to decide, um, but I think for me, one of the jewels in the crown, I think, for Florida, and one of the reasons I, I used to think about Florida a lot was the, the Everglades. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the series, you know, Gentle Ben, about this young lad whose dad was a wildlife ranger, and they had a had a, 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 a his friend was a bear, um, and uh, I, which always amazed me. Yeah. And I used to have this. Well, I've still got it. I've got this big book about the, um, the wildlife around the world, and each chapter is a different environment. I remember the, the Everglades uh, picture would, had a zebra butterfly on it. And it had a raccoon and it had all the Everglades. It had a, an American alligator. And I was obsessed by this wildlife book. Mm. And going to the Everglades for the first time was fascinating. The idea that it's one giant, slow-moving river. Uh, but there's so much of that environment to see. Yeah. And, it, and, and when we talk about great areas to see and the importance of biodiversity and preserving these natural wonders, the Everglades is one of those, one of the largest wetlands on the planet incredible and i got to see my first wild alligator mm. uh <laughs> it was a very brief trip and and as you know i studied entomology and zoology at, at, at university and i'm obsessed by that and yeah. i think the the more you see the more you go to these places the more the more it gives and i think the amazing blend of these beautiful natural wonders um you yeah. know you can you go kayaking and and, and glass bottom uh, canoes you see these manatees you know go to the everglades it's remarkable. And, you know, for somewhere as populated as the US, you're in the Everglades and it's just, it's it's wilderness. Yeah, it truly is. It's an incredible place. Oh, thank you so much, Jimmy, for transporting us to such a fantastic state, a state that is very close to my heart. You really brought it to life so beautifully. So thank you. Those were your Floridian travel diaries. Thank you. Oh, a huge thank you to Jimmy. He has truly given me the wanderlust. I'm now thinking about a trip to Tampa. I mean, it sounds great, right? Especially with my little one. I think it sounds like a perfect holiday. And now we're joined by travel writer and Florida expert, Simon Vaness. Okay, Simon knows everything that there is to know about Florida. He's written several hugely popular travel guides and he has so much travel wisdom to share. It was actually really hard to know where to start with him. But I really hope you enjoy our chat. He shared so many great recommendations for both first-time visitors and those who are really looking to dive a little bit deeper into what Florida has to offer. So let's hear from him now. 
Simon Vaness. Welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast and to this fantastic Florida destination special. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Terrific, Holly. Thanks. And and thanks for inviting me on board to talk about my favorite subject. We could be here a while. <laughs> well, I mean, of course, from your accent, we can tell that perhaps you're not Floridian born and bred, but this is a place that you've lived for a very long time and that is clearly very dear to your heart. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I moved to, to Florida 20 years ago. It, it has been a wonderful move for me. Um, I'm still head over heels in love with Florida and being here. And I mean, there's just so much to talk about and explore. You know, I can't yeah. wait to tell, you know, get the chance to tell people about it. Why do you think it is that we as a country love Florida <laughs> as a state as much as we do? That's, that's, we can probably sum that up in three words. Consistency, variety, efficiency. And while that might sound a bit like the beginning of a Monty Python sketch about the Spanish Inquisition, it, um, <laughs> it's actually really Florida's secret sauce, if you like, in attracting British visitors. From, from our point of view, this is the nearest thing you'll find to a guarantee of holiday value and enjoyment. It has the kind of weather we adore. It's accompanied by a range of attractions, both natural and man-made, that tick all the boxes. It delivers yeah. year after year after year and always offers something new. Well, yeah, we just heard from Jimmy Doherty as well, who, of course, has just been on a big culinary road trip through Florida. And, and I'm sure many of my listeners will be tuning in to watch his his series on ITV all about Florida's food. And he brought to life some of his uh, favorite dishes and favorite spots to eat. Do you have a favorite restaurant that you just keep going back to? Yes, yes, we we you know we we've got several um and, and again it comes it comes down to trying to to find this the wonderful crossover of great food, great location. Um and Florida yep. has got a good mix of both. I mean probably our current favorite would be the rooftop restaurant Kappa at the the Four Seasons Hotel which is inside Disney World but pretty much its own entity. And that's mm -hmm. that's got a beautiful sort of steakhouse type feel to it. Um, it's got an outdoor terrace where you can see the fireworks from the Magic Kingdom. But the food is just divine, and and that's one of the the restaurants that, that earned a, a Michelin star two years ago. Oh, it did! Wow, it's, it's just, right. just so it's fabulous. really good. And and from what we heard about um, Jimmy's program, ITV viewers are going to get a real insight into to this level of culinary creativity it, it's mm. a really exciting idea yeah and so for a first-time visitor to Florida obviously again as Jim as Jimmy mentioned you know there's a there's a lot more to Florida than perhaps um, you might think beyond Miami and and Orlando if we wanted to take a trip and really get a flavor of the highlights of the state what do you think would be a good maybe like two-week itinerary or, or a, an itinerary mm -hmm. that somebody could take right I mean that's that's a really good question and it, it really gets to the heart of, of what a Florida holiday should be there's there's two ways of looking at it if if you're a first-time visitor you really can't ignore Orlando because it's it's at the heart of so much of what Florida does and how well it presents its its tourism business. Um, the ideal, if you like, itinerary for a, for a first time visitor would be say a week in Orlando and a week on the Gulf Coast, which is the the west coast from Orlando, about you know an hour and a half's drive away. Now this gives mm, you so the easy dual center then. Yeah, I th I think really to get the the best of this, that's what you'd have to do. Alternatively, what you could do is one of two scenic drives. Um, mm -hmm. very, very different, which which really take you deep into the heart of two very different Florida experiences. The first is the overseas highway down through the Florida Keys, which is just immense. I mean, it's a an engineering marvel, let alone anything else, because it, it involves so many bridges and so many um, clever ways to get the road through what was just basically a series of little islands, which is what the Florida Keys are. And it's you know, the, the overseas highway links them all. That's one. Um, it's, it's one of the what they call the all American roads, um, like Route yeah. sixty six. And you'd the, fly into Miami. You would to definitely do that, fly into you? Miami for that one, um, and it's it's pretty handy because you just drive south from Miami and, and keep going, um, and that's that's the Florida Keys, and and that is just a jewel, I mean, a true mm. jewel in terms of its its visual component 
And then you get the food, you get the activities, you got kayaking, fishing, all the activities that you would associate with Florida naturally. And that that is a real holiday in itself. Um, I actually got engaged in the Florida Keys. Oh, congratulations. That I mean, yeah. <laughs> again, that's about as scenic as it comes. Brilliant. It's such a magical place. There's a more kind of low-key energy than from Miami, say. Very very much so. It is, it is a, you know, they call it the Floribian um, because it's got that mixture yeah. of the, the, the chill-out Caribbean style and, the, you know, the Florida, you know, excitement. Um, and it gives you a nice balance of both. If you go down as far as Key West, they know that's party city. But if you're in Isla Morada or um, Key Largo, I mean, these are some of the places that have got magnificent natural resources. You know, one yeah. of the, the, the world's third largest coral reef is off the, off the coast of Key Largo. Um, and yeah. you've got all kind of, you know, trips that you can go out to, to do that, you know, scuba diving, snorkeling, glass bottom boat trips. It's, it's magnificent. I remember when we were there, so I was in Isla Mirada and a shout out to Casa Mirada where I stayed, which is a lovely boutique, um, very chic hotel. And we just had, you know, basking sharks just swimming around <laughs> in the waters, just literally just on the edge of the swimming pool looking down. Yes. The, the marine life was just extraordinary. Turtles, so much to see. Yeah, it, it is. It is a truly original destination. There's nothing like it that we've come across anywhere else. So yeah, that yeah. that would be somewhere special. And then road trip number two. Road trip number two, the other the other all American road in Florida is is more getting back into the sort of history and old Florida, if you like. It runs from um, Flagler Beach, which is on the Atlantic coast, just to the uh, east of Orlando. So you'd fly into Orlando, drive to Flagler Beach, and then you take this. I think it's about seventy eight mile drive north that absolutely hugs the coast all the way along and it goes through some beautiful um, natural areas you've got basically pristine untouched beach most of the way um, along your mm. right hand side as you travel north um, yeah. and it goes through the the city of uh, St Augustine which this is you know something that really surprises most people St Augustine is the oldest city in America it dates mm. dates back wow. to 1565 and the the first um, Spanish explorers who who came um, to the to America, um, it predates any other city and and development you know up in the um, the northeast area of the U.S. and it it has got so much history and heritage. It has its own cuisine. Um, it's got you know just bags of style that is so, it comes as such a surprise to people coming to Florida for that that dynamic theme park beach experience. And then you find St. Augustine, which is so European, it, it really takes people back. And that, you know, is one of the jewels you get, you know, as you go along this uh, scenic drive. So what a great tip. Yeah, completely different aspect of Florida. Oh, I'd love to do that drive. Well, from kind of history to the brand new, obviously every year there are so many exciting new openings in Florida. It's a state known for like, having so many exciting things going on each year. Would you be able to maybe share a few that should be on our radar if we're planning a trip in the next year or so? Sure. Oh, ab absolutely. There's, uh, you've, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head there, Holly, straight away and, and saying that Florida reinvents itself pretty much every year with, with something new and something different yeah. to its, its current. And this year is, is going to be um, a year of even more rides at the theme parks um, mm -hmm. SeaWorld will have an exciting new ride. Disney will will have at least one new ride because they're completely redoing Splash Mountain um, into the Princess and the Frog theming. Um, Universal will have their DreamWorks Land open later this summer. Wow! Um, and Orlando has this fabulous new resort called the Evermore Resort, which is even by Orlando standards is quite extraordinary because it's this colossal facility-rich resort with just about every type of accommodation you can imagine. It's got condos, villas. Um, there's a full-service Conrad Hotel with four different restaurants, all of a really good standard. Um, and it's all set around this mind-boggling freeform lagoon, which effectively moves the beach 60 miles inland to Orlando. I mean, it's, it's so oh extraordinary. Goodness. Brilliant, brilliantly clever. But then, you know, we've, we've got you know, you go around the state, go to Isla Morada, um, where the new resort collection opens this summer. 
um, and that merges three existing resorts into an all new um, sort of arrangement of upscale beachfront bliss. I mean, the ideal you know beach experience. And then there's Longboat Key, which is another one of our you know lovely secluded Gulf Coast uh, Gulf Coast destinations. They will debut um, a classic St Regis resort, which is mm-hmm. set on half a mile of private beach, four restaurant options, lots of activities. You know, the the kind of place where you wow. can just go in. On a private relax. beach too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's magnificent. And, you know, if you want the very, very latest, Universal Orlando this morning revealed the, the first full video for their new Epic Universe theme park, which opens next year. And and what they're doing with this theme park is is mind-blowing. It's, it's going to be so immersive and so creative. You know, we've we've Susan and I have been watching this video over and over this morning because you just think, <laughs> how are they going to do that? And they're going to do it all. We know they will because they've already created so many wonderful things in their existing theme parks. Now they're taking it to the next level, and it's such a serious wow. You know, we're, we're so, we've just been looking at this for most of the morning so far and going, how are they <laughs> going to do it? Yeah. Um, and and so away from the theme parks, you know, we've already touched on what a diverse state Florida is. What have been some of your most memorable experiences enjoying what the outdoors has to offer in Florida? We're probably going to have to go with a lot of the wildlife adventures here because this is an aspect of the state that's probably easiest to overlook, but it shouldn't be. One huge experience for us was a few years ago when we went bioluminescent kayaking in the Indian River Lagoon on the Atlantic coast. Now, there's simply nothing like seeing this strange phenomenon. It's only in the hottest months of the year when everything that moves underwater creates a natural bioluminescent effect that looks like underwater fireworks. And when you think that the, the river, the lagoon is full of fish, dolphins, rays, you know, turtles, anything that moves sets up this incredible sort of ripple of, of underwater fireworks. So that is something that, that just left us breathless. There's a lot of kayaking around the state generally, but that, I think, we think really took the biscuit for, for something special. Um, yeah, that we, sounds amazing. We have to flag up the chance to swim with manatees in Crystal River on the Gulf Coast, the only place in America where it's legal to do so and all the tourist visitation there now um, helps to repopulate and rehabilitate the waterways in that area, which have been an ec- ecological concern for some time. And they're now reversing the trend, which is a real triumph for that, you know, that kind of work. Plus, you get to, to snorkel among manatees, which is, again, you know, a mind-blowing experience because they are so lovable, they're so harmless, and they're, they're so iconic. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's just the kind of thing that, you love people to experience because you know with 100% certainty they're going to love it. Yeah. You could, fantastic. you know, there's, there's deep sea fishing in the Keys, which we, you know, we should definitely mention because that's such a bucket list opportunity. You know, that's what drew Ernest Hemingway to Florida back in the 1930s. Um, and it's still just as captivating today. And, and, you know, you just don't get any more Floridian than being out on a boat with a, with a fishing rod and a reel and, you know, just soaking up that vibe. And a big marlin. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I had um, the TV presenter um, and travel writer Sophie Morgan on the podcast last season. She's a wheelchair user and she really brought home to me how important it is to discuss accessibility when it comes to destinations as well, because we obviously want every destination that we visit to be as accommodating and inclusive as possible. Um, and I've been reading that Florida really is prioritizing this. Is that what you found? Oh, I mean, uh, we're acutely aware of, of, first of all, the need to be fully accessible, but then also the fact of, you know, watching to see what Florida does. I mean, there are very, very few places in Florida that don't have complete accessibility. You know, all the theme parks even have special programming to help guests with with various disabilities. There are parks now that are autism um, uh, associated. Um, and so that if, if you've got children with autism, they have got ways to, to help you get around the theme park. Um, the, the airports, I mean, mm. we hear over and over again from British visitors with, with disabilities how well equipped the US airports are to help them through both arriving and departing. 
Um, and it just makes you think, you know, isn't this how it is everywhere else? But it doesn't seem to be the case. So Florida is acutely aware of, of the need for this. It even has its own accessibility hub on its website to support anyone planning a trip to the Sunshine State. You know, this is where you know should be your first port of call. Well, we can't have you on the Travel Diaries, Simon, without asking a couple of your Travel Diaries chapters. So I'm going with the, the big hitters, your all-time favourite destination and your hidden gem. Again, I am sure impossible for you to answer, but if you could bring to life one of each, that would be wonderful. Okay, now we're really twisting arms, aren't we here? It's like, <laughs> like trying to choose your favourite children. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the bottom line, if you like, there isn't a part of Florida that doesn't have its charms. Um, and we've now got so many offbeat and out of the way places that are worth exploring. It's it's really, really difficult. You know, we haven't mentioned the Panhandle at all yet, which is that wonderful area up in the, the northwest of Florida that's got wonderful beaches and state parks. You know, Amelia Island in the northeast, a wonderful secluded gem, the the, the eclectic town of Gulfport near St. Petersburg. It's a little bohemia in its own right. So you've got all these things that we, we want people to discover. But I guess if you're going to nail us down to, to just one of those, we'd, we'd yeah. have to go for, for St. Augustine. As you know, we still think it's probably Florida's best kept secret. You know, the, the oldest city um, packed with historical intrigue. It, um, it's one of the places where you can actually see the effect of Henry Flagler's East Coast Railway which is another of the great background stories of Florida. Henry Flagler was the guy who effectively created the tourist boom for Florida in the 1880s, you know, with his mm. railway, bringing it right the way down from the Northeast, all the way down to Miami and eventually to Flor the Florida Keys. Um, and St. Augustine is, is the place to go to really get a sense of what he did, how he did it and what an achievement it was for the period, you know, go around Flagler College in, in St. Augustine and you will get an, an incredible close up uh, um, of the architecture of the time, the thinking, the, 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 the real grace and an imagination they had um, for creating resorts. And, and, you know, and on top of that, it's then got, you know, a completely unique 18th century Med Mediterranean heritage cuisine because they brought over a lot of workers from Mallorca, would you believe, um, back in the, the 18th century, and they created their own heritage and their own cuisine, and you can still taste that today. And St. Augustine has got its own distillery. I mean, what, what more could you want? <laughs> so would you say that's your hidden gem? Yeah, I, th I think so. We'd, we'd probably have to go for that, simply because it really takes most people by surprise. And... Can I assume that maybe your all-time fave is Orlando? I think so, yes. I mean, we, we we couldn't, in all honesty, hand on heart, not say that that's our, it's where we live. Um, it's where we, you know, I've certainly been working for the last 30 years, you know, to, to create the Brick Guide. Um, we, we still love getting out and about around Orlando, and it's still changing. There's always something new. There is literally always somewhere new to go and try, um, and it's so convenient and that there's there's such a, a variety. You, you just can't beat it. And finally, then, Simon, what should be at the top of my listeners Florida bucket list? So I always ask my guests what's at the top of their bucket list in Florida. I almost feel like you've covered most corners yourself. But I'd, so I'd love to know what you think people should be putting at the top of theirs. OK, now this is going to be a little bit different from anything we've mentioned so far, but it's it is genuinely something that we we know that when people do it, they come back just smiling their heads off. Um, and that's an airboat ride. Mm -hmm. It is just so Floridian and it's such a great way of seeing the real Florida that gets you out into the countryside. Um, it gets you away from from any of the cities um, and you can find them in most parts of the state, you know, from Miami all the way up to central Florida. And what an airboat is basically is a, a, a flat platform with a giant propeller on the back that, that flies across the, the, the surface of very shallow water. Um, it can get into really little, uh, the, the cute parts of the marshes um, and the lakes, you know, especially around central Florida. It's, they're really iconic because you do start to see them as soon as you get out into the, the countryside, you, you'll start to see these on the lakes. It's how the locals get around. 
and they have been turned into this great sort of family-friendly experience. Um, you have to wear headphones because they're really noisy, but the driver will stop at, at points um, and point out the, the alligators, um, the turtles, um, the other wildlife that all live, you know, in the you know, the very close proximity to the to the cities, um, and it, it's just great fun. And if you like, I mean, that's what Florida is about. That's Florida's attribute. It is just good fun. Yeah, you're you're so right. Well, thank you so much, Simon, for bringing to life Florida so evocatively and made, making me want to book another trip there. ASAP. Absolute pleasure, Holly. No worries. And that is a wrap on Fantastic Florida. If you're anything like me, you're maybe reaching for your phone to check out some flights. I certainly am. I mean, despite having visited Florida dozens of times myself, I just loved hearing about so many places I've never had the chance to visit. It's just really broaden my appreciation for what I already knew was one of the most beautiful and unusual states in the US. Don't miss Jimmy's taste of Florida on ITV. For more Florida travel inspo, check out my Instagram at Holly Rubenstein and my TikTok where I've shared about my stays in Miami and Isla Mirada over the years. Always check out your favorite travel magazines and online publications for great destination guides. And as always, the Tourist World website is a great resource. In this case, very easy. It is visitflorida.com. Thanks so much for listening today, everyone. I'll be back with season 11 on March 12th. Put it in your calendars, everyone. I can't wait to see you then. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels easier even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do? Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 